Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you know what we're up to this offseason. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Marianne Lee. Sorry. <laughs> Our intros, the last three uh, episodes have been killer. They've been really killer. bad. And I think it's been one of each of us that has messed up. Ashley's was like... <laughs> I had like an awful like stuttering craziness three weeks ago. It's been good. It's been me starting it right. We're starting it right, ladies. Right. I love it. All right, we are weeks away from setting our lineups, possibly days away from drafting your team. Brandon and I are in the middle of a draft right now. All three of us have already done a draft a while ago. See how that turns out with injuries this preseason. Um, but we have covered the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs in previous shows. Tonight we will be covering the tight ends, kickers, and defenses. But first, let's cover the news. Ezekiel Elliott is having hamstring issues and sat out the rest of practice today and will miss, quote, some time. I love how noncommittal it is. I know, and I was like, I love it when, like, you know, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Okay, then then why is it news? Then why are you telling me if I'm not supposed to worry about it? Liars. This is what it's training hamming. camp is. It's, it's, it's like somebody ate an extra half a sandwich and it's news. That's training camp. You know, we report the most ridiculous stuff on training camp. I think he's going to be fine. I, I don't yeah. think it's a major issue, but I hope you don't have a draft right now because if, if it is an issue, because we don't know how he heals with that kind of injury... Well, in the draft that we're in right now, uh, he was my first pick overall. Dynasty League. He has to be your first pick or he's not on your team. Right. Right. So, wow. I mean, they say it's only going to be one to two weeks, really. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, But remember Odell Beckham Jr. had a hamstring issue and it took him out a few games. But then he came in and was amazing. So, you know, don't don't give up hope. He's going to be fine. Meh. Yeah. All right. Dallas backup quarterback Kellen Moore breaks ankle and had surgery today. And on top of that, Nick Foles is no longer a Ram. Insert Foles to Cowboys roster. <laughs> Magic's going to happen. But I, it's not official yet, but I will say if this does come out, I feel so much better about the Dallas Cowboys offense. Because I've always been so concerned about Tony Romo getting hurt. And it being a mess in his, you know, for his backups. And not saying Nick Foles is like amazing or anything, but he can keep it together probably a little bit more than like a Hasselback or a, you know, random person that they went through last year. I don't know how great I makes me feel. I don't think it makes me all warm and fuzzy that Nick Foles will be backing up Tony Romo. Um, Could I'm be. Just try, I'm just trying to envision like Nick Foles and Des Bryant hanging out. You know, like, for whatever reason, like, Dez and Roma make sense to me, but, like, Nick Foles and Dez just doesn't compute in my head. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, because he was bad last year. He was really bad. 
yeah. Ram. So it's a uh, it's a little hard to uh, envision him. But part of me back, thinks that was Fisher. But, and I don't want to well, have like a hate on Fisher moment, but I think Nick Foles has potential. I, I do. Think we can all hate on Fisher a little bit. Um, we play hey, fantasy football. Nick Foles just isn't. He's he's not the quarterback whisperer. I'll tell you what. He is not a quarterback whisperer. No, no. no so. No. Uh, I don't, I don't hate Foles in Dallas if that's where he goes. And I do agree, at least you have a former starting quarterback behind Romo who, or fingers crossed, won't get hurt, but the chances are still kind of high. There's a chance it may it not down. happen. Foles might not go to Dallas, but it looks good right now. Stevie Johnson tore his meniscus and requires surgery. Bye, Stevie. That's making me sad. It is sad. San Diego Chargers. how you do me. Yeah, we're quick to add James Jones from previous Green Bay Packers um, to their roster. So great pickup. James up. Jones stunk everywhere other than Green Bay, though. I'm a little concerned. Although Philip Rivers is a good quarterback He's, for eight games every year. I think yeah. this is a great pickup for them. I think Philip Rivers is the kind of guy that a James Jones needs. He needs a guy like Phillip versus what he had in Carr. Like Carr isn't quite a leader yet. He's not going to demand something from you yet. And, and Phillip Rivers, he's got enough pissiness in him, you know? Get a strap a bolo tie on him and have a bad week, and he's going to be all over you. And I think James Jones needs it. Well, when healthy, San Diego has a pretty deep roster. You know, yeah. I mean, so... I mean, I'm not going to go pick James Jones up today. No, means, I but... think... It, right, it's just, but it is... It's fine. The San Diego Chargers offensive line overall ranked dead last according yeah. to Pro Football yeah, Focus. They are they're... really bad. Oh, and yeah. actually, that's why I don't write off Melvin Gordon. I almost wonder if Melvin Gordon's going to be a little bit like Marshawn Lynch where maybe he goes to a second team and then he'll be really good. I, I just think San Diego is a hot mess up front, and that makes me nervous about everyone. I think that's why they get all those injuries too. It's just, ugh, I don't know. It's fine. You can get them late if you're doing best ball 30 rounds or something like that. Meh. Meh. Ryan Fitzpatrick is officially a Jet. Thank God. But hold on. I am so disappointed <laughs> that he cut his hair. Am I the only one that was like, damn? I liked the hair. I was into it. The hair with the beard combo? I'm into I think Fitzpatrick I'm the only one. Regardless. I'm really into him into regardless. He can do no wrong in my eyes. He still has a beard, but I was like, where did those glorious locks go? I just love that they gave him 7 p.m. as a deadline, and he walked in at exactly 7 p.m. Well, you heard he had trouble getting in, right? And that was part of the problem. He was, like, having to text Brian Marshall for codes. Nobody quite had the right code to get him in. Well, they trying to keep him out? Who knows, right? That's funny. I feel a little bad for Geno Smith, though. I mean, everyone was so happy. It was it was like Christmas. It was Christmas. Well, you know what? You feel bad for him, but I bet it was. It's almost probably better that he's back now, so he doesn't have to hear the chatter on the locker room and everything all every day, all day. When's Fitzy coming back? When's Fitzy coming back? It's true. The Jets are so much better if Fitzy's be, you know behind center. You know, so now at least it's freaking over, and they don't have to. And if Gino was if Gino was playing lights out and was more likable in the lock, locker room, there wouldn't have been such a need to get Fitzy back. Yeah, you know? I mean, listen, someone breaks your jaw punching you in the face in your own locker room, it's not a good sign. No, bad morale. Bad morale. So 
No, I agree with you on there. Plus, Gina doesn't have the hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to say I told you so, but I've been saying this for over a year now. JGIE sidelined one day after Arian Foster was activated off the pub list. Knee injury. No surprise there. Yeah. It's like, hello, he has no kneecap. Of course he has a knee injury. Like, that's a so thing bad. you need. I don't. I moved, I moved Foster of my rankings because of this. He has to. Yeah, He's the like, starter. But sizably up my rankings. Just by the, with the commentary that you were hearing from the coaches, I mean, it's, it's a lot less noncommittal than it's been. I mean, they basically went on to say, hey, we brought him here for a reason, and that reason is to play. I'm not going to guarantee that he's the first one out in the field, but he's going to play. And I'm like, come on now. You, let's guarantee he's going to be the first one out in the field. Now, whether well, he, he stays now. healthy enough the whole time, he definitely is right now. Um, I mean, I think he's the guy. You know, And, and again, I did an interview um, last weekend, and we talked a little bit about this. And with the Dolphins, they just don't have any confidence in their running backs. And, like, if they basically casted Lamar Miller aside for Jay Ajayi, then what, why are they going and drafting Arian Foster if they have so much confidence in him? They don't. They don't. And they have no clue to do the running back in Miami anyway. So, well, that's part of my problem. Who cares? I mean, if they're looking at, well, I shouldn't say that. Adam Gase is totally different. This is a complete. I mean, they're nothing. Nate Manning's like on season. the side field, sidelines. You know, I can't believe that. I'm. There is there. I, I, the differences between Peyton Manning and Ryan Tannehill take me to a far off place. Of well, he's insanity. there for Adam Gase. He's I know there with Adam Gase, but. But but the point is is that like the the offense isn't even going to be close. It's not the same. It's like it's it's so irrational. Yeah. I just don't know why. It's not like him being there is going to somehow osmosis have his brain go to Ryan Tannehill. Ugh. It's okay. It might. I I just feel I'm like drafting I, him everywhere. <laughs> just kidding. Don't Foster. Do that. No, I was saying Arian Foster. Or I'm saying uh, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Don't do don't, that. Don't do don't that. Do, do not do that. I, was, I kid. I kid. I just, Reggie Bush yeah. signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills, and Rex is rather excited about this. Sure is. Compared Bush to stays alive. Bush stays alive. He's just never going to go away. I think this is a huge indictment on Carlos Hyde, though. Or Carlos Williams. Carlos Williams. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Wow. I agree. Yeah. Because they're talking about bringing him as a third down guy, and I again, I'm just like, oof, I don't. A, I don't think that's really Reggie's wheelhouse, to be honest with you, as the third down guy. Reggie's not this big, huge, burly dude, first of all, um, and secondly, Carlos he's gonna have him now. as a pass catching back. Carlos is now. Well, Carlos is. The, <laughs> well, he's the goal line back, but right. the third, the third down back, kind of like pass catching stuff is what Reggie. Right. But he's comparing him to a Ferrari, and I'm like, let's. Let's take it down a notch, Rex. But Rex, just that's what I love about Rex. He just gets so excited about all his players. And he just says the most ridiculous things because he's just so excited. There's no reason to be excited for Reggie Bush. I just, but I do agree. I think it is an indictment on Carlos Williams in terms of how he's going to be utilized. Um, But if you've already drafted Carlos, don't panic either because Reggie gets hurt very easily. So That's correct. Um, all three of them do. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket with Reggie okay. Bush thinking he's gonna be this you know backup the whole season. 
Probably not. Reggie Bush is only two seasons away from having 54 catches for fi- over 500 yards in Detroit. He did have a good season that year. You know, you could play him in yeah. a PPR league as a flex. Uh, does he do that here? I don't know. I mean, last year in San Francisco was a complete waste. Uh, the second year in Detroit was weird. Um, but again, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> that first year he also had over a thousand rushing yards. Remember, he was just so good. It was so yeah. good two years ago. But man, you know, he he's hurt. been in the league since two thousand six. No, he dated Car- Kim Kardashian. Actually, it is a Kardashian. Like curse. I thought he dated Kardashian a while ago, though. Well, he did, After but then he married yard a year. Yeah, and then he married a Kardashian lookalike, so it's kind of like the same thing. It is. He's just um, asking for it. Poor play it's like by Miles Austin. You know, second he dated Who? Kim. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is interesting, but I do think, as we said, Carlos Williams, bad news, bad news. Odell Beckham uh, Jr. was stepped on at practice, but he's back <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Couple scratches. Poor a, boy. A laceration, to be exact, <laughs> but no need for stitches. Just sore. Just sore. He's People just acted sore. like Mayday, Mayday. I know. Well, <laughs> when like... you're like, when you're like perfect, like for you know, first pick, you invest so much into this person, and then they get hurt at all, a hangnail. I mean, you're freaking out. So yeah, but... I get it. I get it. But he's fine. Don't worry. He's okay. JJ Watts um, has no timeline to return. I had to bump the Houston Texans down a bit. This week, we have a great yeah. schedule, but without JJ Watts, it's it's not the same team. Um, some sad news: Trey Mason has not been seen or heard from from the Rams for several months, and I guess was just admitted to the hospital in late July. So, for, uh, what? for erratic behavior, his mother called the cops on him for. Oh, no. I don't know. It's really sad, and oh, the Rams man. haven't heard from him for like six months or something. So it's bad. It's really sad, and I hope that, you know, it's we wish you well. Yeah. gets better. Yeah. Um, no so, idea. yeah. And then uh, on happier news, D'Angelo Williams got married, and he had a Walking Dead wedding, and it was amazing. I if love it. If you have it. not yet see it, seen it, you've <laughs> got to watch the video of his Walking Dead uh, wedding. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> like, he's awesome. Of course, he would do a crazy fun theme like this. I think it's great. I love it. Good for you, bud. He's so good. He's he's perfect. Best handcuff in the league. Best guy off the field. Just beautiful. Perfect. It's beautiful. And his pink, beautiful hair for breast cancer. Just love him. Um, all right. That is the news. We are done with the news. We're going to get into these tight ends. Make sure you hop over to HerFantasyFootball.com so you can see all of our full rankings. We update them every Wednesday morning. So please go over there, check out everything. But here is our top ten tight ends. We have Rob Gronkowski, Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey, Delaney Walker, Kobe Fleener, Gary Barnage at seven, Zach Ertz, Tyler Eifert, Antonio Gates. All right, Rob Gronkowski is going at the end of the first round to the beginning of the second round, somewhere around there, 2.2. Are either one of you taking him with your first pick or around that corner? 
Is, are you guys gonna are you gonna take him high? We're we going for a tight end high. Because <clears throat> it's him or you can wait. Uh, you know, I won't hate anyone who drafts Gronk in the first or second rounds. He always distanced himself from the other tight ends in the league. And he had almost 30 more points than his nearest competitor last year. You know, and and there were also almost a 90-point spread between him and the 10th highest scoring tight end. So there's definitely a big discrepancy in that position. Uh, if we look overall, he was in the top 40 of highest scores of all positions, and only 14 other skilled players, be, other than a quarterback. So we had eight wide receivers and six running backs actually scored more than him last season. So. The issue for me is I always miss out on him because Gronk is one of those guys that just evokes a lot of emotion. Like people feel very strongly in love Gronk, and so some of them tend to stretch a little bit high for him. And you know, for me, I think he's a second round kind of guy. And if he's there, and depending on where I am in the draft, then heck yeah, I'm gonna draft him. You know, especially if I'm at the turn and I can grab him at the end of the second round, lean into the third round, absolutely I'm going for him. But usually he's gone before then. Brandon? Well, I would say that um, I don't like a lot of the drafts where I have taken him. I've had to do a ton of industry mocks and drafts. I don't even know how many teams I'm on at this point, and that's bad. I'm going to search my email before the season. Uh, I, I haven't enjoyed it because there are a lot of really good, talented wide receivers and running backs in those first two rounds, and when you miss out on one of them, you just really feel slighted the rest of the draft. Um, here's my other problem. Uh, I hate his schedule, and not just his schedule for the team, but the fact that for four games he's going to be without Tom Brady. And the first game, by the way, is against the Arizona Cardinals with Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you really want to start Rob Gronkowski that week? I just, ugh. And so, um, and by the way, he's the most expensive tight end by $1,400 on FanDuel. Oh, yeah, for sure. You got to for pay for week him. one, again, against the Cardinals with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's a bit rich, FanDuel. Yeah, so I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, but this, uh, then the rest of the season, he has the Seahawks, the Rams, the Broncos. He, he faces the Jets twice. He has some tough defenses, even when Tom Brady does come back. So, uh, But, hey, you know, I can't argue with the fact that, you know, he's had double-digit touchdowns in all but one year of his career, with or without injuries. So he definitely has a ceiling that's, out of control, but it's it's hard. I agree. All right, there's a clear clear separation from Gronkowski and the next man in line, Reed. Jordan Jordan Reed is going in the fourth round, and Greg Olson is going in the fifth. Are you ladies looking for Reed or Olson, or are you even going to wait until the seventh and eighth round and pick up another tight end? You we just like camping out on tight ends this year. I like a lot of the tight ends this year. I, that's why I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, pulling the trigger early. It's just hard for me. I will always love Greg Olson. There's mm -hmm. literally nothing wrong with Greg Olson. <laughs> no. I let's let's be real here, okay? He Get out was, of a man. He was third in targets, okay. Uh, fifth in actual receptions with 77, 1,104 yards and seven touchdowns. What's wrong with that? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I'm kind of holding out. So I'll talk about my favorite one later uh, in the next question. But, uh, you know, yeah, you can't argue with this. If you are in a league that does 1.5, 
for tight ends per reception, which there are a lot of leagues that are doing that now, I would go for them. I think they would be worth it. Ashley? I mean, if I can get Gronk, like I said, in that second round leading into the turn of the third, I'm going to do that. But that's highly unlikely. So, again, I feel really good about Greg Olson as well. I like Reed, but I'm still a bit gun-shy about drafting him just because he does have such a long history of injuries, whereas Olsen is a brick house, man. That guy, he only had seven points less. It was, it was an interesting offense for them last year, but he's just a solid guy. He always does well. He's always in the top five. You know, it is what it is. I like him. I would rather get Olsen than Reed. That's just my personal feelings on that. Yeah, I feel like Olsen to me is... Uh, is it's who I'm kind of going for if it's at the right place. If I'm kind of in a bunch of, of uh, let's say, running backs, and I just, I'm not, I'm not feeling those, those that tier of running backs, I'm going to go tight end, you know? And then I'll come back and get a running back that I'm still not great with, but I, at least I know I have a tight end that I love, you know? It's kind of where I stand on it. So if Olsen falls to me, I'll take him. I'm, I'm with you, Ashley. Jordan Reed's not like a guy that I'm going to go as high for just because I'm worried about that injury. Um, I'd rather take, you know, a Travis Kelsey or one of these guys we're about to get into. Well, also, so. Olsen's on the field more than Reed. Olsen was on the field every like every snap yeah. last season. Yeah, literally. I mean, Calvin like, Benjamin's every back. Snap. Yeah. Um, I think I still – that's just part of their – that is – that's the thing about him. He is incorporated as part of their offense for every snap because he's one yeah. of the classic old-school tight ends that can block, that can catch good hands. He's just that kind of guy that can do it all, whereas now you kind of tend to have tight ends that are either, you know, Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener's a great example. Allen's kind of your blocking tight end, and Fleener's the one that goes out in the middle and catches a lot of the balls. So Greg Olson's both. So he's on the field more than Reed is. Circa 2015. All right, out of Fleener, Barnage, Ertz, Eifert, or Gates, which tight end are you eyeing for your fantasy football drafts? I am eyeing Eifert, who I, <laughs> along with Barnage. I like the situation that Eifert is in since he's in a major red zone target for Dalton. No one had more touchdowns than Eifert last year with 13, and that includes big man Gronk. Um, but what I like about Barnage is he's not only a touchdown guy with nine touchdowns. That's nothing to be upset about. But he had over 1,000 yards. So he had much more yardage than, you know, Eifert did. So to me, he's just been a little more incorporated. I am a bit nervous about seeing the same kind of numbers this year because of the fact that the quarterback controversy, Griffin's allegedly leading the way. But we haven't seen much success from Griffin, Griffin excuse me, over the past few years. So I need to see a little bit more at training camp before I feel really confident with Barnage. Brandon? Well, I guess this is how I feel about it. I believe Philip Rivers and his life. So uh, he says that he wants to get Antonio Gates all of the records humanly possible, which includes eight more touchdowns so that he can lead tight ends or tie, I think, Tony Gonzalez. I believe him. I believe that Antonio Gates is going to get eight touchdowns. I think he's going to do it early just in case Antonio Gates gets... Hurt. So I am definitely targeting Antonio Gates. Uh, and again, Philip Rivers is really great for the first eight games of the season, and then the second eight, it's like, Whoa. 
So, uh, you know, if it, I, I'm going to probably double up then. You know, I'm going to get maybe Gates. And, uh, you know, let's say, I mean, Kobe Fleener is such a, I, you can't even call him a sleeper anymore. He's more of like a already woken up, right? I mean, everybody's drafting him basically <laughs> right off the board. But I've been getting a lot of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's kind of been falling to me a lot. He had over 100 targets last year. So I like Almost, I mean, I, I, this is a horrible answer, but I like almost all of them. Eifert yeah. concerns me with his injury, though. That's what I will say about that. I mean, I, I think that, uh, and now Croft is hurt, too. Uh, there are a lot of issues there in Cincinnati at the tight end position. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of Gates and a lot of Kelsey. In Who's going to get those receptions, ladies? Courtney's Tyler Boyd. Tell us that it's going to be Brandon LaFell is what Courtney's going to say. <laughs> Courtney's on the LaFell train. Insert Brandon LaFell. I'm going to say Andy Dalton's going to run in a little bit more. Oh, the Ooh. ginger. The ginger's ginger. going to the ball. The ginger in the red zone. <laughs> wow. Yep. Save bold uh, predictions for later. Bold ladies. predictions, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, some notable names that are not in our top ten. I can't believe this. Jason Witten, Martellus, Martellus Bennett, and Jimmy Graham are not in the top ten, which is just, you know, very odd. Very odd. For a position that we are known for saying, this position stinks. Like, this is just the worst position ever. Not anymore. Not anymore. Brandon, explain to our listeners why these well-known tight ends are not making the cut this year. Well, I'm going to expand a little bit of, on this uh, on our SiriusXM show, which, by the way, everybody, we are starting again this Saturday, so make sure Ooh. to check us out. Our time is going to be from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern every Saturday, so uh, please come check us out. And uh, we're also doing Instagram and, uh, well, I'm, I don't know if we're talking about Snapchat, but there's Snapchat now on Instagram. <laughs> so there is. I don't know if yeah. I did it on the her fantasy football one today, so a lot of people felt like they were cheating on Snapchat. They're like, this feels weird. It is weird. It's a little cheaty feeling. Um, but I will say this: uh, Jason Witten may make his way back up there. I, I I feel very confused about the Dallas offense right now. I'd mm -hmm. like to see them on the field, so that's why he's right outside of the top ten. Martellus Bennett. Uh, the rumor right now is that they're like, oh, no, they're going to do a two tight end set, and he's going to be like Aaron Hernandez. Really? Again, I just read to you what I have a problem with with Rob Gonkowski. It's the same thing but worse for Martellus Bennett, which is no Tom Brady and a tough, tough schedule. And there are so many different weapons on that team. I cannot imagine. There is just no way he gets more than 70 targets. But for I, where I you can get him, you don't see the value of Martellus Bennett? Post, I agree. First four games, don't even think about it. You can't put that guy in. But you don't think there's value for the fact that you can get that guy so late in your draft? I think he's a streamer. I think he's a DFS play, maybe. I think he's great if Rob Gronkowski gets hurt, but I don't... I mean, Rob Gronkowski's been playing the majority of the games over the last couple of years. Uh, no. Again, they, they're playing Seattle, Broncos. I mean, tough. The Rams... I, I don't think there are enough games for me to feel confident enough in starting him unquestionably, right? Because you only have to start one tight end. Yeah. There just aren't enough weeks for me to believe in him. 
So that's why for him. And then Jimmy Graham, that injury, until I see him on the field, uh, I'm not even, I mean, again, Victor Cruz was held out for over a year with the same injury. So uh, it's not one that people bounce back from. So that's why he's not in it. But I, I actually got Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham in the same draft. And I was like, wow, times have changed. Times have changed, right? You just look at those <laughs> rankings, and if you haven't been paying attention, you're like, what is yeah. going on? Kobe Fleener is in the top ten, and Jimmy Graham is not? Something's not right with the world. It's a sad world. I hope this isn't a prediction of the 2016 season being awful. All right, <laughs> Ashley, Clive Wilford, and Will Ty were late additions to a lot of people's fantasy teams last year. What can you expect of, out of them this season? Will Ty's a really tricky, interesting one for me because there's a lot of talk and hype around him, yet, and I had to double-check this, he's not even the starting tight end. He's third on the depth chart. Um, so I don't think you can pull the plug and, and draft Will Ty. I think he's a guy you can stream kind of like last season. I think he's going to pick some steam up and you got to be quick to the waiver wire to get him. Um, but... Oof. We have him ranked twentieth, so unless you draft two tight ends, you're not you're not going to be looking for him anyway. I would rather shoot for Richard Rodgers, who's ranked a little bit below him. I think he's in a slightly better offense, and at least he's listed as the first from the Packers tight end from the Packers. Correct. Now, as for Walford, I think he has a lot of potential this year. He is the undisputed starter who started to pick up some steam at the end of season last year. I think he will continue to propel forward, and he will be a larger part of this offense this year. You know, this guy is going to be. You know, in, you could get him in the 22nd round slash the guy is not being drafted at all. So I think this presents great value if you are able to get him super late rounds, best ball leagues, those kind of situations. He will get play, and no one's really looking at him. There you go. I uh, I really like Clive, and I think it's maybe just the name. Could be. Or maybe the name. team. I love the Oakland Raiders this year, too. Could just be a combo. Could be a combo. All right, ladies, give me one guy in the bottom of the tight end rankings that could be a valuable pick late in drafts and or an addition late in the season. Well, uh, I have one. Uh, well, I really have two, but I'll, I'll go with one. I'm going to steal Courtney's philosophy on life, and I'm going to say that if the St. Louis Rams, especially if they go with Jared Goff, Lance Kendricks. All That's right. right. The guy no one has ever Rookie talked about on any show. love their tight ends. Right. Well, listen, he's always been behind Jared Cook because for some reason, no, Jared Cook's a very good blocker, and he actually is a good tight end for what he does. He just is not a pass-catching tight end. Um, and Brandon hates just let that go. Don't let her fool you. She hates him. It is what it is. Uh, but, you know, listen, uh, you know, the the last game of the season, he had five catches for 37 yards. The two games before that, three catches for 27 yards. You know, in the middle of the season, he had a couple, you know, touchdowns and, you know, a couple catch games. And that's without being the starter and on a terrible, terrible, terrible offense. So if he's now the starter and he ha and I just think that the rookie quarterbacks like to have those quick dump offs. And I think that it's a big shot in the dark. Okay. I mean, he's, he's not someone that's like, Ooh, look at this. But yeah, I think that he's possibly going to be the guy that you add late in the season from the waiver wire. I, I agree, Brennan. I totally agree. I, I love Jeff. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Hewerman. 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 Um, from the Denver Broncos. And I just think that the, 
he's rookie, but he's like very talented. Kubiak loves tight ends, supposedly. We didn't get to see that much last year. I'm hoping this year is going to be different. I'm hoping that at some point he's going to pick up. Um, President Obama just released um, Demarius Thomas's grandmother. I'm concerned. So there goes Dem Demarius Thomas' season. Yep. yep. So we're going to need the tight end position even more. Um, so... I think Jeff has potential to like really pick up steam like come game six where you can pick him up off the waiver wires and he could potentially be a Clive Wolford for you of last year. All Ashley. Right. I can get a bore with that. If you're looking really deep, like we're saying, and these are not guys that you're drafting, these are guys that you're picking up mid season or super deep leagues with big, big rosters, but Cameron Brait is an interesting option. He was just named the starter over Austin Safarian Jenkins today and has been taking the first team reps in training camp for Tampa Bay. Why are you shaking your head, Brandon? No, it's just it's so crazy. It, yeah. So here's, what I, here's my <laughs> issue. I am hoping that this is an earned role, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way at all to Cameron, but... And that it's not a wake-up call to Austin Safarian Jenkins, who was booted from OTAs earlier this year as a wake-up call. Now they are saying that Cameron is the lead guy. You know, I hope it's earned. I think it is earned. They seem to think that he's doing well. And kind of what, like we were saying about Courtney's theory, you know, Winston is still a new quarterback, and new quarterbacks and tight ends go together like peanut butter and jelly. They love to throw their tight ends, and... Cameron's allegedly stepping up and proving that he's the guy. Do I think he's going to be blowing up fantasy? No. But I think he's a guy that could definitely, you know, get you a few points if you need the end of the season. Yep, I agree. I totally agree. All right, guys. Some fantasy experts think kickers don't matter. Some even think they shouldn't be part of fantasy football rosters. Yes, Brad Evans, I'm talking to you. <laughs> we are not those experts. We are not them. Kickers matter. When it comes to drafting kickers, it's pretty easy. Pick a kicker that is actually on a team. Yep. That's a thing. Make sure their team plans on using them instead of going for the extra, you know, going for two points each time. Um, make sure that they are on a team that can get down the field far enough for them to kick a field goal. Mm -hmm. and pick a kicker you like. This is actually a position that you can kind of be emotional about. Um, so feel like, you know, you can be biased, pick your team's kicker, or, you know, like this is something that it doesn't always have to be so rigid by the book, stat line. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's the one position I feel like you can pick with your heart first. Ladies, do you have anything else to add to uh, philosophy of kickers? I mean, not really. I mean, there's... There's really there's only a 30 point spread between the top kicker last year and the 10th best kicker last year, so it's not a huge spread. So that's why, as Courtney said, you can go for a guy that you really like this from your team, or you can even stream kickers each week. But you know, like Courtney said, make sure that he's healthy, make sure that he's actually playing, and don't ignore them because kickers can get you a lot of points. So pay attention. To give you an idea, only five tight ends last year outscored the 10th best kicker in the league. And Steven Goskowski outscored every tight end other than Gronk last year. So these guys still do score points, and there will be weeks that they will score more points than your running back and half your wide receivers. So pay attention. Make sure that they're not on a bye, that they're actually playing, that they're healthy. Yeah. Brandon? 
And I do think that there are a lot of people that, um, <laughs> how should I say this? If you don't play with kickers, that is totally fine. You do you. Don't play with them. If you do, why ignore them? Like, it makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. So make sure, yeah. Also, look at missed kicks, actually. Yeah, in your settings. Um, and, you know, are you losing points? And again, I mean, really drafting in general, always check your settings. Always. I say print it out and have it next to you. Yes, use actual paper and have it next to you so you can see what your scoring is. Because if you if you get negative points from missed kicks and you got a Justin Tucker who tries 50 yarders all the time but misses half of them, but still makes more than other people, but if that's going to kill you, you need to know. And there are weird settings out there for kickers, really weird settings, so check it out. All right, guys, defenses are the most strained position in fantasy football. Oftentimes the defense you start um, with at the beginning of the season is not the same team you finish with. Strength of schedule is a key part of picking your defense. For weeks 1 through 16, the top five defenses for strength of schedule are Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts, and Kansas City Chiefs. The top five defenses with the easiest schedule for the first six weeks are the Colts, Raiders, Jaguars, Redskins, and Lions. And the top five defenses with the easiest schedule for the playoff weeks, weeks 14 through 16, are Chiefs, Titans, Vikings, Texans, and Giants. So not one team falls in the top five for each category, and only Kansas City is in our top five rankings on HerFantasyFootball.com for the preseason. So is this why you should stream a defense, or do you just say, screw it with the schedule, I'm just going to get one of the top defenses, Seattle, Broncos, Carolina, Cardinals? Which, what, what's your philosophy, Brandon? Well, I would say that it, again, depends on your settings. Print them out. Defense is another one where it's just all over the map as to what they score and for who and what the deal is. It's insane. It is crazy. I was uh, in our friend Peter Kimball. Uh, he had a football league that I helped him with while he was in Antarctica. Crazy story, but true. Uh, and it's all these guys from Stanford, and they came up with the weirdest scoring I've ever seen. Your defense could get negative 40 points. Wow. Oof. Wipe out anything that your offense did. It was so bad. I was like, why are you playing like this? But if I would have known that, I would have paid a lot more attention to the defense because that's horrible. So anyway, I would say that uh, I don't take defenses early. I almost always stream. Uh, but if everyone in your league is streaming, then you're going to have to fight every week for the people playing the St. Louis Rams. Right, I mean, it would be great <laughs> if I could always just play that person. But uh, it's so it's, you kind of have to decide how you want to attack your waiver wire. Also, I've lucked out where I'll pick kind of like a sleeper defense, and one of my sleeper defenses this year uh, is actually the Green Bay Packers. I think they're actually really good. I think the Minnesota Vikings are really good. Uh, I think you can maybe get a sleeper defense, and if they're really great, keep them on your team. You know, but if they're not, let them go. Well, those aren't, like, real sleepers. I mean, they're in the top 15. Right. Well, actually, oh, well, here's a real sleeper. I think Tampa Bay is going to be good. 
Tampa Bay, Ooh. Jacksonville Jaguars. Days the Colts of the have one of the easiest schedules ever. Yeah, but they're, but they're the Colts. They're not they're good. The but they're not good. <laughs> yeah, the Colts. Are, That's what I was yeah. gonna say. I was like, well, some of these teams, it's like, sure, Tennessee Titans have like one of the easiest schedules. No bueno. No, can't stir no. them. Well, and like everyone from the Cowboys is suspended. Yep. Right. The whole defense. I don't know what's going on over there. The Saints um, just never do it. They can never do the Saints. Mm-hmm. The Giants are never good either. Come on now. They've had a real tough few years at the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I, I guess, I, yeah, if, if you're asking me if I'd rather have the Broncos and take them two rounds early than the Giants, the answer is yes, I would rather do that. Ashley, when do you, when do you draft a defense? Well, I, I kind of range. So I draft defenses usually within my last four rounds. Kind of like Brand said, it, it depends. I am actually, I don't stream defenses all that much. I usually grab a top defense, and then I only stream a defense when I know they have a bad, bad week. Because usually it's better for me to get one of those top guys and just play them. Even if they're like a point or two less, for the most part, it's going to be more consistent than some of these people that you're streaming. But I think it also really is going to depend on who you're drafting with. So I have certain leagues where there's always somebody who reaches crazy high for the Seattle Seahawks. And it is always the Seattle Seahawks every single time. (laughs) But this tells me, I know at this point, okay, I've got literally within one round to pick up a team because all of a sudden everybody panics because somebody pulls a defense because it's a position that hasn't been pulled yet, you know, and then everybody starts drafting a defense. So I know if I want a top defense, I either have to pull the trigger right there in the next pick or I have to wait and stream defenses the whole time. So I'm not usually... <laughs> I have to stop you, Ashley. The whole time you're saying pull a trigger, Ashley and I went to the fair with my children <laughs> on Sunday. And like the stupid people we are, the first ride we went on with my kid was Tilt-A-World. And both of us are like, stop the ride. Stop the ride. Oh, my no. six-year-old is like, this is awesome. Yeah. Mom, don't puke on me. This is great. <laughs> I'm like, Her enthusiasm is not appreciated. No, it was like, stop talking. Stop the ride. <laughs> Everything needs to stop right now, especially the spinning. And Ashley, we got off, and Ashley was like, I'll be back, guys. I'm going to go pull the trigger. I was giving that that carny devil eyes. I kept doing the like <laughs> the, the thumb across your neck. I was like, cut it, cut it, and you wouldn't cut it. And I was like, this is the longest tilt a world ride ever, ever. And then I was really sad because I was like, man, I used to be able to do this ride. Things really do get worse as you get older. Now this one's rolled out. I mean, I knew the teacups were always out, but tilt a world, tilt a world's out too now. It's See? out. So sad. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, if you, someone pulls the Seahawks, you know you got to pull the trigger because for whatever reason, guys, that's the team that sets the barometer of when teams are going to start flying off the board. Yep. Once one person starts puking, everybody starts puking. Yeah, I'll start puking. That's, right. <laughs> that's how defenses go. It's fast. All right, Brandon, which defense are you reaching for this draft season and which defense is overrated in your mind? I'm reaching for the Arizona Cardinals. I really like them this season. I uh, I like a team that plays the Rams twice, the 49ers twice. Uh, they play Tampa Bay, which I think 
you know, at the, as in week two, I think they're probably going to struggle. They play a Jimmy Garoppolo-led Patriots in week one. They play the Bills in week three, which could be slightly tough. It depends. Uh, and then it's the Rams, then it's Fortnite. I mean, look at that. At the beginning of the, I, I don't know what's easier than that. I know it's not listed as easy schedule, but that's uh, pretty close. Now, sure, they have to play the Seahawks twice, so that's tough. They do play the Panthers. And... Uh, but overall, I really like them, and they, and they're very very good defense. So that's what I'm stretching for. As far as who's overrated, I don't know. Carolina got a lot of jam from having Josh Norman back there, so I'm a little. They're still going to be great. Don't get me wrong, but I just am not reaching for them. No reaching, Ashley. What about you? If I'm shooting for a defense this year, I think it's Kansas City. Is they have a top as as we listed our list in what Courtney listed here, they have a top five overall easy schedule. And almost more importantly, is that they have the easiest schedule come playoff time. So their team looks pretty similar to what we saw last year, as well as their coaching and offense, players coming back, which means that you can expect similar numbers. And I like the fact that they've got a new quarterback in Denver who they'll be placing playing against twice this year. And this defense should be sitting pretty. I, I think they're, I think just with the ease of schedule, similar play, similar players, I think it's going to be a pretty solid, solid defense. Teams I think are maybe overrated. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'd almost say Houston right now, just because we don't know what's happening with JJ. And JJ is the crux of that defense. And without JJ, it's a very different team. So you got to have JJ back to be able to actually rank them. You know. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I just bumped them down in the rankings because of it. I, you know, didn't feel good about it because they have such a great schedule that if JJ can, can come back, Houston will be a powerhouse. But um, I mean, he will come back. We just don't know when he's coming back. But right. um, yeah, that's that's a really tough one. I, you know. Are you gonna go I with your love Jack the Chiefs. Oh. No, what I was gonna say is I love the Chiefs. And I, I too think they're going to be really good, um, but I think that it's crazy to say, but I think that all three offenses in that division have improved this year, even the Broncos. Sanchez. <laughs> Over Osweiler and Peyton Manning, I don't know if you guys remember, but that was a complete disaster last year. Disaster. And although it is Mark Sanchez or Simeon, whatever. Or Lynch. Yeah, because now they're saying that Lynch is, like, improving quicker than they thought he would. We won't well, know. It's and the don't worst forget, situation. Courtney, Demarius Thomas' grandma is getting out of jail, which means he is useless to you all season. Great, he's gone. Bye. Demarius Thomas no longer counts. You right? got a, you got an upset Emmanuel so, Sanders. So you have Samuel not... still. You have Jeff now in the tight end. You know there's not as much of a competition in the backfield. CJ's got the job, so maybe he'll be more confident going in. Um, I think Sanchez has an arm on him. I, I'm a Sanchez believer, and if it's Simeon, I'm a believer in him too. I think we were playing with a hurt quarterback and an overrated quarterback. We're going to talk overrated with Osweiler. And I think that this year the Broncos are going to be better. I think the San Diego Chargers are going to be better because they're going to have a healthy team. Yes, their offensive line is awful, but they're going to have people that are healthy, hopefully. Starting off with Stevie Johnson going down is not the best way to start. <laughs> it's a bad omen. Hopefully, 
they'll be healthier. And we all know that the Raiders' offense and defense is muchly improved. Um, so I love the Chiefs, and I think that they're going to be awesome, and they don't play in like the toughest division, but I do think this division is slightly improved. And yes, Ashley, the Jacksonville Jaguars I do love, but I also worry that maybe they're going to be slightly overrated. Rated? Yeah, just because like all the hype on it, people yeah, might be I taking agree. them super high. You know, and maybe they're going to be good enough, but not that good. So I worry that the Jacksonville Jaguars, although I do love them, might be the people that people reach for um, that come in right where they're ranked right now, outside the top ten by far. So that's where I'm kind of leading, but I don't know. I had the Denver Broncos all day, every day last year, and I was so lucky that they ended up turning out into being the powerhouse that they were. So, you know, I think if you pick in that range of three to six, typically one of them ends up being the best. So that's where I can. I'm not reaching for Seattle like I did three years ago when I was willing to sell my children for them. Yeah. I was one of those people. Some days. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Courtney's going to be doing, uh, going to Broncos camp tomorrow. I am going, yes, to the Broncos training camp tomorrow. So I will let you know what is going down on Twitter um, with the quarterback situation. I'm very intrigued to watch it. I guess they had a bad day today and got their runs chewed. So we'll see. All of them? Yeah. Yeah. So Mm. especially Paxton Lynch. So. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So we'll see. I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be checking it out. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to possibly talk to a couple of them. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. It's a good day at camp for the Broncos. Uh, well, we'll see. But So reminder, Saturday, Saturday from 9 to 11 Eastern, we have our new show, SiriusXM. Starting it up. This is our first week, so come over and listen. We have some terrible theater. It'll be fabulous. Mm-hmm. I just know it. We're going to rock out year 91 in our music. So if you're a 90s fan, guys, it's going to be 90s all the time in honor of Brett Favre at the Hall of Fame game. Because there's nothing better than Brett Favre. Nothing. We'll be on every Saturday night from 9 to 11 Eastern, so make sure you check us out on Sirius Fantasy Network. And then you can also listen to our podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or just go to HerFantasyFootball.com. You can listen to us there and check out all of our rankings. Until next week, guys, no more faking it. (laughs) 